9to5.cc. We're not working. Why should you? Thanks for listening. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Montreal's favorite, that's right, favorite podcast. I'm speaking, of course, about this show. Go plug yourself. Wait, you have other podcasts that you listen to? Don't even tell me about them. On this week's episode, we talked with Dan Bingham, who's actually a senior writer on Ubisoft's Far Cry 6. Uh, which is very exciting. Uh, Walter steps in to co-host this one. You know, Walter, who retired all those years ago, um, still co-hosting all the time, so that's great. Um, Dan used to be a stand-up comedian. He actually might be getting back into stand-up comedy. Uh, That's something that's going to be happening. Uh, But currently, he works as a writer for Ubisoft, and specifically, he most recently uh, was working on Far Cry 6, which just came out this week. We obviously talk a lot about video games, the process of writing video games, like some of the fun challenges uh, that can come from writing in video games and uh we start off by talking a bunch about surgery so that is how we start it uh if you like go plug yourself obviously share this episode share the show in general tell your friends there's a local podcast where we talk to interesting montrealers every two weeks uh get the word out there we love you so much uh thanks and go plug yourself Go plug yourself, you plug another plugger. Go plug yourself, you plug another plugger. Go plug yourself, you plug another plugger. Go plug yourself, it's time for another Go Plug Yourself podcast. Walter. You're back, buddy. Wow, it wasn't even a countdown on the thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're back, and um, you know, uh, we got we got kicked out of Grumpy's after doing that one podcast there. Never yeah, Ram again. Said never again. Ram said you did it here yeah. nearly a decade. Yeah. Never again. So now we're back <laughs> doing it virtually, uh, which is yeah. okay because our uh, our guest today is a little on the late upside. I, I don't know if that's. That's accurate. I mean, hip replacement. He's a, but hip replacement, you know, hip enhancement. Or how much like the million dollar man are you, Dan? I'm a, at about six hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars. Okay, so you're you're getting there. Yeah. And also, no, a six million dollar man. The million dollar man was the wrestler. The six million dollar man, That's who right. was named Steve Austin, was from the show. So you're like you're one tenth of the six million dollar man, Steve Austin. That's right. Nice. Yeah. How? Um, just i have always been fascinated by hip replacements before we talk about anything else sure uh, it feels is it like does it feel good does it feel like you're you're are you like is it night and day or are you still recovering like so the surgery itself was two weeks ago mm-hmm. like almost to the day um like I, I was released from the hospital two wednesdays ago the surgery itself was legit the easiest and most pleasant yeah. part of the whole experience was because you were out you were under were you i was tripping? conscious oh cool. <laughs> which so it's like a was, local like you just you're like i can't feel my legs or yeah i mean they give you an epidural and then uh and then they also give you drugs that the um the anesthesiologist explains she goes oh these these drugs will make you indifferent to what's going on around you like all things and, and I was it, it was it's the opposite of indifferent. It was more euphoric. Like I was oh. <laughs> But I mean, but you could have a euphoric indifference, right? Like if you're just sort of like you're like, oh hey, guess what? Somehow uh, Trump the recounts went through. Now he's back in charge. You're like, meh. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, like there could Whatever. be a euphoric indifference. Yeah. That's true. You know what though? That's exactly yeah. what it was because um, at one point, you know, after they'd, you know, I'm, I'm lying on this table. I, I wanted to be knocked out. Like I was, I was terrified going into this. I wanted to be oblivious, unconscious in the dark. Mm-hmm. But then at one point after, you know, the, the drugs were um, injected, she comes up to me and she's like, well, they've already started the <laughs> surgery and <laughs> You're could like, not that? feel a thing, had no clue. Um, I'm like, and then I was like, wow, okay, this is, this is going to be all right. Did they give you an epidural then? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. start you off with the yeah, I got one of those ones. Um, yeah. For like a, really? like a hernia operation. Yeah. Oh man. What the other thing too is like, so how long is it? Are you just like listening to a podcast or whatever while you're there? Are you like chatting up the nurses? Like what's the, what's the protocol? You'd be like, Hey, can you like put, put on, put on Sopranos or whatever? Like just while you're just sitting there. <laughs> well, it is funny because, um, th- someone did offer me headphones to listen to radio Okay, and they're like, Hey, what's your favorite radio station? And I haven't thought about radio stations in a long, long time. <laughs> so I was like, uh, I, I don't know, uh, show 97.7 FM. Um, it was like, literally you're like the spirit of rock show 97.7 <laughs> FM. You could nobody had run by you beforehand be or something. Maybe you could have brought in like a mixtape or something, you know? Yeah, yeah, something. Um, and then, so he puts the headphones on and I swear like 20 seconds into the song, I was like, I don't want to <laughs> listen to this. <laughs> I want to be, I want to know what's going on. Oh, yeah. I, and then, so they took off the headphones and, um, and then I literally could hear them sawing through my bone um, and then hammering. And and so, like, you know, apologies to the artist that I was listening to, but I would rather listening to the sawing of my femoral head than, than your music. Wow. Like, I, I went in for a, a really, I guess, like an intense, what they call like a deep scaling where they they, they cut away mm. parts of your gums and like they went through the entire mouth. And I was like, that I was like, there was something that they were doing. <clears throat> Obviously, my entire mouth was like no surgery. I was listening doing, to a book on pain. Uh, okay. This is the show now. <laughs> it's it's our it. spectacular. Why do we have a surgery <laughs> But yeah, but it's so weird that you said like the sound because that was one of the things that like I was like I I hate this. Like like just hearing like this weird like crunch and scrape on your teeth. There's no feeling. But I just like hear it kind of like resonating in my head while I'm listening to like a book on kind of sound like this. Like, this is no good. Yeah. No, it didn't really sound like a grinder. Yeah. I'd say the, the worst. I mean, I guess you don't see it, though, at least in the hip, because I was like the worst thing when I was doing this deep scaling thing was just like every time the dentist hands come out, there's just like so much blood. And I was like, oh, I'm a horror show right yeah. now. I'm like, this yeah. is like my entire. And there's like there's the little the pipe in your mouth that is also like whatever it's sucking is now like solid red. I see it going out of the corner of my eye. I see the hands coming out covered in red. And I was just sort of like, I don't feel a thing, but I'm like, what is, this is a complete and total horror show. Like if, I, if I like walked in on this, I'd be like, oh, you're murdering a man. Like yeah. there's just blood everywhere. Well, this was like, um, yeah, I've, uh, had, I've had that scaling done. I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is horrific. So speaking of, I guess, yourself. Uh, murdering, murdering people, uh, you just wrote a really big first-person shooter where uh, if you're the main character, you you ostensibly murder. I played the Far Cry games. 
You murder a thousand plus you just, you people, of course, uh, of a Far Cry game. <laughs> <laughs> Can we introduce <laughs> the guest yet? Dan it's Dan Bam. Dan Bam. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Bam. Minute Video game writer, par excellence. Uh, also a very funny man. Like my fucking internet sucks tonight. I just ate a big pile of shit. It's okay. We hear you. Very funny man and senior writer on Far, Far Cry, Cry 6, Six, amongst other things. Hell of a poker yeah. player. Amongst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't bad. So the Far Cry series, I was we were talking about this a little bit at the beginning. I've <clears throat> I played literally all of them since two including all their weird like spin-offs right because there's always there's like the main one and then they always do a spin-off like three it was blood dragon four yeah. it was primal five it was new dawn i want to say yeah. so they always like do like a main one and then they kind of like reuse the map for another game that may or may not be connected big series i find it it's it's weird because it's like it is absolutely a triple A game, and I'm like, in no way am I d- dissing the sales of it, but it somehow always feels like the kind of like almost like the indie cousin. It's not indie at all, it's Ubisoft Huge Studio, but it, it always seems like it's not Call of Duty. It's not. Uh, Why are you throwing like, shade at the, the game? Like, super We're straight off the beginning of the I'm not. It, it's because it's, it's, I feel that it always operates in like it's a, not niche a niche market. market it's a massive, a huge like, fucking go- game, and it's the best. Fuck right! <laughs> that that's a commercial for Far Cry. But I was going to say like I I literally don't like it uh, my point was I do not play first person shooters but I play every Far Cry. Right. So it's like it, it's that my point was like it operates in kind of like it's an FPS but like it's always kind of been its own thing on the on the other yeah. side. So it's I Yo, also love the fact that I mean I guess they're mostly also, made in Montreal. This Far Cry so. has Gustavo Fring in it. Gus Fring. Yeah. That's yeah, nuts. Sure did you meet him? Did you get to meet him? I did not get to meet him. Um, Damn. Unfortunately. Well, I mean, the John last... Carlo Esposito? Is that his most name? Most of the force? Yeah, nice. John Carlo Esposito. Points. I mean, for the last year and a half of the game production, we were all in COVID times. So we were all at home. And we were all, you know, we were... We were doing a lot of the voice recordings and a lot of the motion capture shoots, like, remotely. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, there was You're like put put on put on this spandex outfit full of lights in your living room, point this camera at you, move around. <laughs> yeah, glue all these ping pong balls to your face and yeah. <laughs> uh talk into the camera. And I guess and... I guess that's I mean, Walter jumped in with the Giancarlo Esposito, but like one of the big I think the big far cry deal, at least at least since three onwards, has been the like charismatic villain who's like in many ways more of a character than you are. Like you're kind of the main guy is usually pretty much just like action guy. Yeah. And then the villain gets all the best lines and the best dialogue and the best monologue and all that stuff. Like the, the villains have kind of been, I think the point of the series for the past little while. So yeah, I'm assuming that's the, the Giancarlo Esposito role is the big bad guy. Yeah, exactly. Just eating up screen time. So you got to write dialogue for him. I did not. I mean, so we were uh, to, the, the Ubisoft Toronto studio was the lead studio on this project. Um, Montreal, we worked on an area of the game, on an area of the map called El Este. Mm-hmm. So there's there's three main areas of this map. We are the last ones on the way towards the, you know, 
um, towards the end of the game. And a lot of the stuff with Giancarlo was written by the writers uh, at Toronto. Okay. Uh, I did get to write a couple of speeches. So like, as you're going through the game, you're going to hear like speakers playing on the streets Mm -hmm. that play like his propaganda. Nice. So I did get to write a couple of those. Which was uh, which was pretty sweet. Cool. And That's okay, wait, so I had I just had a question. So like, was this game was was it significantly delayed or was it delayed at all by COVID? It was. It was. Like, um, like I remember seeing ads for this game like a couple years ago. Yeah, but it wasn't super significantly delayed. It was only by maybe maybe okay. six months. Yeah, I think it was supposed to be spring. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And- um, so. Yeah, and, and just my yeah. other question was, so, like, all the games sort of, like, they, they, they take place kind of, like, in their own sort of reality or, like, geographic reality that's, like, like a, but the, where, what is this, are you allowed to reveal with where this game is supposed to kind of based on what part of the world this uh, this game is sort of inspired by? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a fictionalized version of Cuba, oh. basically. Um, yeah, they, they, they've done that, like, like, the first one was, like, fictionalized version of like some African Congo style. Third one was yeah. uh, like some. Yeah, exactly. But like it's an island, it's an island with like heavy, like pirate uh, vibes. And then the fourth one is like a, a weird, I guess, like, Tibet adjacent. To name them all. Yeah. You know. The fifth one is America. Yeah. Well, it was funny because I, I had heard about, like, I was still working on uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I think, when 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 I first heard about Far Cry 6. Because um, every every year Montreal has, like, um, um, I guess, like, a, a conference um, where, where everyone kind of talks about the projects that they're working on. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing the NAV, who was, like, the narrative director, uh, out of Toronto, and he gave a presentation on Far Cry Six, and they and all he talked about was the trip to Cuba that him and the team went on <laughs> at the beginning. A lot of time, that's what like a, like a lot of the Ubisoft projects that are historically that are set in historical locations. Mm-hmm. Uh, they often will send the team to those locations to scout, to meet the people, get interviews, take pictures, and um, what the hell so, is work? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Like, especially um, if you're seeing, like, all the Assassin's Creed stuff, you're just sort of like, oh, we just need to spend a bunch of time in Greece and whatever. And, like, or now we're going to spend a bunch of time in Rome. Like, yeah. Well, it was awesome. Like, with Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I wasn't there for the initial um, scouting of the of the region. But mm-hmm. when the game was launching, I, they did send us, they sent a team to kind of go show Greece <laughs> what we had done. You know, so... Um, <laughs> Just uh, like in history, there's an assassin who murdered dozens, if not hundreds, of people. Just like your actual history, Greece. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I remember it was already super fascinating hearing about this project years before I even got on board. Like they they had already put together like a book of all these incredible characters that they'd met and stories from Cuba and photos and uh, yeah sold and buying assassin's assassin's creed buying far cry 6 today i was gonna say one of my favorite things ever though is like is when video games are either like based on real places or i guess very reminiscent of real places the one that always springs to mind because it was it was such a weird experience was uh barcelona because in tony hawk's underground 2 (laughs) 
there's like there's a level in barcelona where you and like you skate all the like all the uh landmarks and stuff of barcelona and then when i was there i was like wow like it was like it lined up i was like this is the rambla that means there's the weird like curvy thing down to the left and like and it was there and i'm like oh no way like yeah exactly it was like the 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 map was kind of like a condensed version of the Ramblas area in Barcelona. No way. With a lot of the like landmarks still geographically located. I was like, it literally feels kind of like I've been here because I played that level in Tony Hawk a bunch. Like, oh, was, that's very cool. And that's like, that was one of my favorite. Like I was like, it's that's amazing. And anytime there's that experience in a video game where you're like, I was in the video game before I was here physically, yeah. but the developers it made this, it so It was this one time close. where I was at a, a, this uh, uh, old Russian military complex and I knew exactly where the bathrooms mm-hmm. were because of Goldeneye. <laughs> that's, that's a true story. I was with him. <laughs> <laughs> we were just, you know, like stumbled out of the snow in Siberia. And just, <laughs> there's like, the bathrooms are over here. Trust me. Careful, though, because like odd job comes down the stairs up here. Goldeneye. Mm-hmm. So how do you, um, how do you, I, I assume, how do you get to your job, right? So it's like, you're, I assume you were a writer beforehand of some variety, or at least like, did you, did you go to school for writing? Were you just uh, writing short stories or whatever? Or was this just a all happenstance? Oh, man, I, so I've always loved writing. Um, I've always loved storytelling. And, and media, like I saw, like I, I went to Concordia University. I studied uh, film, television, script writing, um, all that stuff. My dream was to um, be a writer on some kind of cartoon animation show. Okay. Uh, like it went it, at Concordia. I wrote a spec script for Family Guy. <laughs> yeah. um, and then. Um, because I loved everything, I couldn't focus on one thing. So I got into stand-up comedy. And uh, so I did stand-up comedy and acting um, for about, uh, you know, like 10, 12 years. That's and then along the way, yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly <laughs> that's how Walter and I met. I mean, we had all that. That was some crazy <laughs> times, the, the stand-up days and the St. Anne de Bellevue and the all, all, all around, man. It was nice. <laughs> it was a good time. It wasn't like it, was it is now. Just cruising around, <laughs> being nuts with, with Le Gros Jambeau. Was... There, was, there was no Facebook. There was no social media. We just rolled into town with microphones. And Trevor Forstall. <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, um, and, and coming off, this is taking too long. Cause it, it is, uh, it's like every, everything I've ever done led to video games. So it's, okay. uh, so trying to summarize this, um, were you like a gamer, uh, as beforehand? a kid? Absolutely. I like when I was, when I was a kid, I was obsessed with video games, like just absolutely obsessed all the way up until about PlayStation two. And then because of like school and work, like I just had to put the games away and focus on, you know, um, on, on school and, and getting a job and, and all that stuff. And, and that was my mistake is I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I never put the games away. 
<laughs> yeah, but like not gonna say I dropped out of Concordia, but I did drop out of Concordia. Not gonna say it was video game entirely fault, but I was playing a lot of video games when I dropped out of Concordia. It was hard. It was hard to be away from video games because they kept getting better and better and better. Like <laughs> I remember my first writing gig uh, out of university was writing for it was called MontrealMag.com. Okay. So it was like this 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 magazine, and I was just doing these little interviews and um, and writing like reviews for for stuff. And I interviewed this digital artist, and the interview was amazing. Like we had a great time. He showed me all his art. He talked about getting into Cirque du Soleil, and and then when the interview was over, he goes, "Now I want to show you what I'm really passionate about." And then um, we go over to the his office. And it's the mo it was the most, I had never seen a home computer video game set up like this in my life, where it was like these big screens. This was like probably almost like 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, speakers, just this big, huge, comfortable gaming chair. And then he started, he showed me World of Warcraft. And I knew right there, I was like, I would be, I'm already addicted to it and I've never touched it. <laughs> it's like the, it was like the fantasy nerd in me couldn't believe it the video game lover in me was like wow but i never i never played it yeah i was, ne I was um, never that for kind the of best. Game yeah from what i've heard like uh, <laughs> like who knows what would have happened to your like, your uh, aspirations and whatever else you're just like anyway so then i played the MMORPGs, I've never, I've Who's never done it that? either like it's yeah. never it's it's i get the appeal that's okay that's i've always thought that i was like I feel it's like if I was cat. single during the pandemic, I'd have been like, what's the biggest? That's my cat. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to let him out of the apartment. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, what, if, if, it was, if I was single during the pandemic, I would have been like, what's the biggest MMORPG right now? And this is my life now. Like, yeah. But I, I wasn't single. But I, I, those, that genre Hold never... I never did it for me um <clears throat> yeah walter what are, what are your what were, the, what were the games that you played um, no mercy golden eye conquer's bad for a day well everything on the n64 conquer's bad for a day conquer's bad for a day was kind of a transformative experience for me actually conquer's bad for a day. As, as far as like video games because <laughs> it was like the first like real kind of like adult entertainment that i was kind of getting out of like Actually, funny, legitimate, yeah, and like actually funny, like video games that video never played. Never Conquer's Bad Fur Day. Oh man, it's worth replay now. I think Conquer's Bad like, Fur Day was one of the. You can probably download it somewhere. Oh, probably like on hilarious. a store somewhere. So oh, yeah, I've never played it. Oh, it's good. N sixty four. No, rare, 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 really. Rare. Nice. Yeah, it's like 2001 or something. It's an N64 game. It's like a rare, it's rare soft too, right? It's rare. It's people who made Donkey Kong Country. Mm. Inexplicably, it, it was like 100%. one of the late it's, era it's N64 games. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very adult rated. Yeah. Oh wow. And I want to make like I don't think it's rated M, but like they were like we want to rate like 100. It's not rated T for teen. <laughs> yeah, and apparently it's. I'm sure that someone somewhere must have like written like an oral history on Congress Bad Fur Day. It doesn't make any sense that like Nintendo would let Rare publish like an adult themed game on a Nintendo console. Like, there's some something happened there. Yeah, someone someone did something. <laughs> like, it doesn't. 
doesn't make sense in terms of like all of the branding imagery of both companies. Like you're like, I'm the company so that now, made Donkey Kong. Yeah, putting out a, now, on how the long console that makes Mario. Ubisoft, and here's yeah. like a squirrel that's swearing at things. Like you're like, <laughs> what is happening? Wow. And and so like some of the, and like you mentioned. Uh, so uh, I've been Assassin's working there for, it's been what are, five years. Exactly. Like, uh, big titles or. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I feel was, like so Creed Odyssey, also like, the, the DLCs <laughs> for that as well. The um, uh, the Fate of Atlantis DLCs, and then after <laughs> Walter's about to launch his own video game company. <laughs> so tell us what you did next at Ubisoft. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, and then after that, it was um, um, Immortals Phoenix Rising. Okay. Um, and then from there, I went to to Far Cry 6. <clears throat> and so what, what goes into, like, I've always thought about that, especially, like, like playing a game, like, modern giant, like, AAA games, right? Like, where you have so many NPCs, so many interactions, even just even characters that are not like in scripted things, like just like dialogue of like, hey, what is this like thinking of like five because it's the last one I played. You're like, oh, there's just like a, a couple that like lives in a farmhouse. And what are they talking about when the character is not there? Like they're just gonna, like and they'll go like yeah. I always find it like it's one of those things. That, like I think the first game that I noticed that in the most was actually Max Payne, mm-hmm. where if you didn't like bust into the room, the characters would have like quite a bit of dialogue. Of where like the goons are just like chatting, yeah. you know, and you're like, yeah, someone's writing this. And oh yeah. Like, is is there like different tiers of writers? It's like, okay, like this is not this is filler where you're just like, give me farm couple conversation, just write run up pages for that. It gets to the voice actors, they do whatever that has no story impact. Or okay, we'll give them some story clue, make sure at some point they talk about this location or whatever, like. What, what's like, there's so much writing in modern games with so much dialogue. What, what's like the different like tiers? How does that come together? Like, Well, I mean, the writing teams are usually pretty large. And also we are on the project for a long, long time. So um, a lot of times the it, it goes in order. Usually like the cinematics are usually the things that get written first. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I guess every company is different, but this is how how we would usually do it because those take the longest to produce, mm-hmm. and they're the most expensive part of the the the, the video game process. So we usually they also usually like anchor the whole story too, right? So you yeah. probably want those like in place while you write everything around it. Yeah, exactly. So we try to get those done, um, you know, sooner rather than later, and then it's. Um, it, it almost happens in order of importance, you know? So then mm-hmm. after that, it'll be, you know, all the mission givers, all the, mm-hmm. the actual dialogues uh, that take place. And then, um, you know, you, within a mission, like you said, if there is a farm that the, the player walks past, that little dialogue can usually be included within the mission itself. Mm-hmm. So that kind of, so if, let's say I'm a writer in charge of a mission um, 
And I just happen to know that there is a couple in this farm. I'll often get a request to write a conversation for them. Or it's like, oh, we've got these two soldiers that'll be standing over here. Can, can you have them talking about whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of them will be contained within the mission. But then as you explore the world more and more, we also, and this is more towards the end where it's just like, okay, write 10 conversations about whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you're given a theme. Sometimes you're given uh, an age group. Um, sometimes you're given, you know, s- somewhat of a circumstance to try and keep your these conversations within. I've always imagined that, like, as a writer, those are like, that's where the most freedom probably comes, right? Like, it's just like, you're like, oh, just... Yeah. Write dialogue for this couple. And you're like, all right, let's, are they in a fight? Are they, what did they just watch a movie? Like you could probably pull almost anything out. It is some of the most fun writing for me that I, that I get to have. Cause yeah, like you said, there is a lot of freedom there and not a lot of, uh, it's cause usually it's all eyes on everything. Yeah. Um, like you're, you're writing, writing on a game goes through so many different levels of, of feedback uh, and, um, but those, those conversations are, are a lot of fun. I don't, I don't remember which game it was. It might've been Ender the matrix. It might've been max Payne because they both, those both had bullet time. So they blur together, but there were two goons that if you like, listen to them, they would just like, they were just spoiling movies. <laughs> like like they, they were like they were like oh and like and it was like and at the end the like the the guy with the cane was kaiser soze they were like unbelievable and they were like no this was the ghost and like that's it's just really like, and, funny and it's just like if you sit there and listen to them long enough they're just like all of these spoilers and everyone's like well now these guys have to die that's really like funny. you know i need to bust into this room and put an end to yeah. this spoiler fest i was like whoever wrote that must have just like had been so happy that they got to put that into the final game i've just I have bet. like two goons just spoiling every movie possible like <laughs> well those are like honestly and and in um in the, in this game as well you know um trying to leave little things little kind of gifts mm-hmm. for the players is is the best like any any time we can reward a player for exploring or just hanging around a place they wouldn't normally hang around or mm-hmm. not pulling the trigger instantly uh you know there's there's so there's so many little gifts that we just hope people will find you know and, and some and it's not even just dialogues either. Sometimes it's notes, you know? So sometimes you got to read these little notes that you'll find in different locations. And sometimes they tell stories that you would have never, you know, figured out if you hadn't, you know, Far Cry five had that a lot. Every time you went into like a preppers bunker, there was like a little note that kind of like explained the story of like, yeah, whatever happened beforehand. And you can just kind of like put it together where you're like, Oh, there was a bear attack. Yeah. (laughs) You know, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is what happened in this house you know like you're like yeah. the window's smashed that's how the guy got thing there the bear's been stalking him for whatever i mean or you could just like go in and be like grab ammo and bounce you know like it, it's it's like you, I, I think there's a play there's like a little hut in a jungle and i mm-hmm. I, I was in charge of writing notes for this one area mm-hmm. and uh and i think there's just a you go into this hut and there were just a bunch of dirty dishes 
And so I just left a note and for then, someone like, giving shit to so whoever. Like, I mean, this is like, you left all your goddamn dishes in the sink. Cuba. Is this stuff that you're writing <laughs> uh, that you translated yeah. like a million times over or what? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Right? Okay. Right. Next question. Next question. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, uh, that's the local. <laughs> and that's how that works. That's the look. Yeah, the, we've, the localization team I deal um, with them, yeah. takes care of that. I have a lot of translation in different languages. languages. Well, like, that, um, that, that process also basis, always just like blows of, like, my mind of like the staggering back in 18 languages. Yeah. And, uh, and then do you ever do you ever have like, do you ever get stuff back or see, and then you're like, that's not what that is, or like, that's not accurate at all. Like, Yeah. But, well, now, I mean, like, do you see something? You see, the, yeah. You mean, do I get back translations, or do you just wash your hands of it? <laughs> Usually, we wash our hands of it. Um, however, we do. They do prepare. We are prepared for that. Like a lot of time, we've got a a system where these translators, if they are confused with a line, if they have any questions at all about a certain line of dialogue that maybe yeah. could be open to interpretation because of language. Mm -hmm. like whether it's gender based or um you know anything at all i'll get an email yeah. and and it'll be from the specific translator hey this line yeah. what exactly did you mean when you yeah, say I, I, you know, I, I, like, again, uh, when, exactly when you say blow up a silo sounds great. like what do you what is a silo can you provide a screenshot of what it is uh yeah I can imagine, though, that there's probably, especially with the Far Cry stuff, probably more like swearing and like insults and whatever to be like, what does this mean? Because it's like like the villains are, for the most part, like a lot of them very crass. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. like you're just like, I mean, I don't know if Herc is in this one, but mm -hmm. he might be. No spoilers. Uh, but he's in most of them. And like, I can only imagine his like localizing his dialogue must be like a nightmare. Right. Like he's like Southern like guy who just loves his bazooka and like everything he says is like through that lens of like a guy who just his one love is bazooka and blowing stuff up yeah all of his dialogue you're like now make it french you know like, I'm like <laughs> you know like I, I i pity the poor guy yeah that has to like okay let's translate this entire character and everything that he says are like colloquialisms and whatever else like Oh, j'adore fucking mon bazooka. So, so now I desperately just want to like replay those games, and, like load up the French voice actors to see who like how Herc is. Uh, our lead <laughs> writer sent um, sent a little message to me and one of the other writers, but it was mm -hmm. just a scene that was written by us and it had been translated to Japanese. Mm -hmm. And it, I'm like, man, they sound. I'm like. <laughs> They sound super cool in Japanese. Uh, <laughs> this is incredible. I, I've always wondered that about. No, uh, you're a watching, racist. Watching like foreign language like horror films, where I, I was just like, are they scarier because I don't understand the language? Like, because I'm like, I'm less likely to. That's not what I was saying, Walter. I'm just saying that I was like, I'm less likely to pick up on, say like overacting well, my if I don't understand is that you're the just language, terrified right? Right. So it's like it's like every performance riveting to me because I can't pick up whether this person's overacting or not because right. I'm like I just don't know the language so yeah, I don't know so I'm like, like fuck yeah. <laughs>
I watched Emily and got real scared. A vision of terror. <laughs> Why does their French sound different from my French? <laughs> Scariest movie of the year. <laughs> Emily. Do you mean like Annabelle? No. <laughs> no. Emily. No, Emily. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, I guess like the, 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 the obvious follow-up would be, have you, have you played Far Cry 6 or Assassin's Creed Odyssey and like seen your work or have you like, or is it weird to, to go and do it and like been play through the game or? No, I mean, like I, I loved Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I was, I loved working on that project because it was just a beautiful game and it's, and it is so huge as well that I, there, there are so many parts, like it's, you know, it's made by hundreds of people, studios around the world. So like, mm -hmm. I only got to see the parts that I worked on, you know, and, or that some of my kind of nearby colleagues were working on. I never got to see the whole thing. So it was an absolute joy to, to play through it and see it, you know, and then the coolest thing ever was when, um, people started making videos um, like there's an island in um, in Assassin's Creed Odyssey, the Delos Islands or the Silver Islands, sorry. Mm -hmm. And um, we used those islands as our demo to bring to E3. Like that was where it was that part of the game that we were showcasing to, to basically sell the rest of the game. Mm -hmm. And um, so we had like, we had created these really great characters and we created like a romance. You can romance this Spartan soldier or this, uh, this, this, this rebel named Kira. And if you romance one, it'll destroy your relationship with the other. And then you end up in a flick and people made videos like <laughs> these hilarious, like love story videos where they just yeah. cut together the romance scenes between the player and like the Spartan <laughs> soldier. Nice. They throw in some dramatic music and they add a little soft lighting. Um, and it was so funny and it was so cool um, when to see fans reinterpret your work. Like that's mm -hmm. something I never imagined in a million years. That's super fun. Yeah, it reminds me of the like those things on YouTube, like the the re trailers, yeah. where they like they yeah. use original footage, but they like they recut it, like they recut Mary Poppins yeah. to look like a horror movie. Yes, yes, they, they, they recut the Shining to look like a like a, they like hack a family after friendly Shining. Yeah, exactly. Where they're like, we're going up north, and they're like driving the car, all yeah. happy music and whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think I think the, the, the first words, couple the ones were words, great, yeah. and then I think yeah. probably they were, it just copycats probably turned out less less yeah. good stuff. The, uh, the Back to the Future one I think was probably my favorite. No, no, where they created it was a love affair between Marty and the Doctor. <laughs> it was like yeah, it was like broke and, back. They, and they had like it a broke, broke back, back mountain. Future, right? Yeah, yeah, broke back yeah, to yeah. the future. Yeah, that was that was, uh, that was great. But uh, but no, I, I I don't mind at all. Like um, you know, because you played six yet? Have you played? I, I literally six? just fired it up earlier this evening. Um, well, then thank you. I mean, thank you for taking time out to do this. Because yeah, yeah, of course. Usually, when I like I I typically have like I've saved the Far Cry. I don't know why, because <laughs> they're great, Dan. I don't know why, Question. but I, I I will often Question. like save the Far Cries for like 
like winter break or whatever. Cause I'm just sort mm. of like, I'm going to want to get into it and just like disappear into it. Yeah, exactly. And not necessarily even blast through it. Like I, I'll take my time wandering around doing all the stuff, but it's like, I'll usually do it in a pretty intense, like a couple hours a day, which I usually don't have in life, like several hours a day to play a video game. But like yeah. all, all the recent far cries, I think I remember the, I think the fastest I've done one was probably new Dawn. Like I, it, cause I, it came out not, it didn't, I don't think it came out during pandemic, but like I was playing it during pandemic and it was just like, those like, I was like, I now live in the post-apocalyptic. Uh, and also it like, it touched that Mad Max thing that I really enjoy. Like yeah. post-apocalyptic vibes is always one of my like go-tos. And then it was pandemic time. I was like, Nope, I live here now. I live here in post-apocalyptic kind of Minnesota or wherever Far Cry 5 takes place. Oh, no. And that's what I'm into now. New Dawn is. New Dawn is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The bombs, the bombs drop at the end of five spoilers. Yeah. You know, it's a couple years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it, it, this going back to what you were originally talking about, um, about Far Cry is kind of how I've experienced it. So like when I first started with Ubisoft, like I didn't know a lot about Far Cry, the brand at all. Mm -hmm. Like I knew, I knew about Primal. Mm -hmm. um because i think that had come out i think shortly before i'd started so a lot of people that i worked with had just finished working on primal. i think primal was a lot of montreal too like i remember yeah. there was like montreal a lot of montreal same voice engine. actors and same i think engine, a lot of it right was it's the like, same uh, the, engine, the, the, the development the of those the the spin-off games is always less because they use the same environment yeah right? exactly so it's like there's, even though they're full games yeah yeah, that's the word that it is yes well, they are the same the engine, engine. also the same map, map. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's also the entirety of the same map you know, like primal the, takes place you know, on the same map as four know but you know that game was uh hundred thousand years ago Frankel or whatever was, uh, yeah and they created their own language for that game yeah, yeah exactly that's it i saw it Holly Gossie Frankel's in that game. Uh, Tristan Lala's in that game also. Oh, nice. We actually, I, so I'm, I, so I stopped working on Far, like the, the writing was done on Far Cry 6 about a year mm -hmm. ago. I, I've been on Rainbow How's Six, that Rainbow Six ever since. How's that Rainbow Six online culture? And, uh, and yeah, we use Holly all the time. She's she's fantastic. The song, <laughs> the song, the, the voice of video games, Holly Frankel. <laughs> He writes for don't don't, don't don't get me into that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we've had Holly on the show at least once, maybe twice, and, and yeah, and I think that, that was both, at least yeah, one of both. the times that we had on most of the time we were just talking about her voice work on Arthur. Oh, and really? We <laughs> were just like more about the Arthur character. <laughs> like, She's a treat, though. She's a treat to work with. Like having her, uh, it's something you don't even ever expect. Like you know, I, I like I've, I'm from Montreal. Like I've, I've been around the Montreal That's entertainment amazing. industry for a long, long time. I never imagined there'd be a day when I would be writing dialogue that Holly Gauthier would be, you know, bringing to life. Uh, like. It's uh, in a Rainbow Six game. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, that's the extra, the extra piece of the puzzle. Yeah. Like well, do you guys know uh, Elias Tufexis? Yes. So he's he was the voice in Deus Ex. He's mm -hmm. uh, he's done so many voices for video games. Um, but it was like when I first started out as a voice actor, um, he and his wife were doing. They were like my voice coach. They were doing. Mm. Uh, voice acting school out of their apartment. Um, so that's how I met him. And then fast forward, like 
uh, eight, 10 years later, and suddenly I'm writing dialogue for Leonidas, King of Sparta, <laughs> and there's Elias acting, well, was our doing the voice friend. of Leonidas. Also, like it was uh, a personal friend of ours. Just well, we had, uh, well, we had Michael Mando on. Really good First time we, we've had him on three times on the show now. Yeah. Inexplicably. He loves him. Really nice guy. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He he just every time he comes to Montreal, he's like, "Hey, he's can nice, I do another episode?" Nice man. <laughs> like it's, it's not even that. That's not even that much of a like a stretch. It's almost like that. He's been on the show like I think three. The best. My command was absolutely the best. Boss. But the first time we had on him, what we had him on the show was was coming off Far Cry Three. Yeah. Where he played the uh, he played Voss, yeah, which was like and then he did weird, our which was weirdly like a breakout role for his like entire career, which was like he was doing Orphan Black and stuff like he was acting, but yeah. then he was, just, he was just like Voss suddenly put like his face and likeness everywhere. Nice. Then he did our show, and then we he got them mm. go plug yourself. It helped. We didn't. Which I'm not going to say <laughs> not help. You know, like solidified Far Cry Three as like an all time classic, but like it helped. You know, well, I mean, I, 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 and like you said, I think he really, yeah, gave Far Cry that that reputation as having these fantastic villains. Like, yeah, I mean, everybody. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny. Long, yeah, it really is. Long time ago game like that game. Not to say suffers, but like because he's not the final boss, right? He's a mid boss. Like, right. the, like, like he he I dies like at, basically at the start of the third act. Like, like he's like the second act villain, and then like the the grand everything coming together. There's like another guy. Yeah. And like I do not know. I do not remember that guy. I don't care. I'm not. But like that game, you're like, yeah, it's Voss. Yeah. Like, yeah. like Voss like steals the show in that game in a big bad way. Oh, and to the point even where he was talking about it, they introduced him because he was like knocking it out of the park, and everybody was resonating so much. They added him into like other chapters as like like wherever they could to like give boss more screen time yeah because he was like killing it but it wasn't like to your point when they those main anchors were already set they couldn't necessarily like it was too far along to change everything to make yeah. him the real last boss yeah but they but they then like sprinkled him into as much of the game as possible all right like, Woo! Where, where they could where they fit him. Dude, they're, still, they're still sprinkling sprinkling him in like he's in our dlc he's gonna be in our dlc for far cry 6 Amazing. Yeah, um, Michael Mandovas. Six long and six That's amazing. So uh is there anything you want to say talk about like is does six do anything special? We haven't really talked yeah, about it. Yeah, can you fly what a helicopter games in this one? like? No, I'm just saying like, 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 like you like the games are you're in these remote locations, shit goes haywire, you need to you, uh, can you shoot but a gun like, in this one? Can you shoot a yeah, gun? Shoot yeah, I was like, dude, that's not even a question. It's Far Cry, baby. <laughs> you, yeah. you can obviously fly a helicopter. There's a wingsuit. <laughs> yeah, no, but it, I, I was like, is there anything that like the, you get that, to that, uh, meet that, the one of this the social club? Say was like, is Far Cry Six? That's like putting it above. Are they above playable characters? If you want to like tout. <laughs> the one of his the social club just goes on a murder spree a couple things that come to mind <laughs> uh, well, to mute, just... jesus 
You're going to be okay. <laughs> breathe, Walter, breathe. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, a couple things are, I mean, um, I think the characters, there are so many unbelievable characters, and I'm a little biased because, like I said, Montreal worked on the eastern region of the game, mm-hmm. and I think we've got some really, really I'm not going to say it's the best region, but, you know, it is it is the final one. It's like where everything's <laughs> coming together. Really, like, the story just gels around that whole region. No big deal. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm really excited. I mean, a lot of there, I haven't seen a lot of videos or people even talking about that region yet because it, it is a big game. You know, yeah. there's a lot to get through. Like you can play 20 to 25 hours before even getting to our part of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the characters that we worked on are pretty are pretty awesome. And um, and then also the weapons. Like, man, I, w- I want to show you guys something. I know guys, people can't see. It's an audio podcast. We'll describe it as best as we can. Do you have a weapon okay. mock-up? Me- that's all I care about is seeing Give me- Two seconds. I'll be right, right back. Talk amongst yourselves. While you do that, Walter, if you haven't played Far Cry New Dawn, you really should because there's like improvised Mad Max style weapons, including one of them where you load like. I've been hiding your screens you forever shoot, because like, big circular saws for now to at people. Dan just showed up on camera with some sort of. A oh, no, I can't see it. Oh. I don't know how to. Oh, this is the coolest. It, it it's got like. What is it? It's got like a, some kind of a it. mason jar. Is it some kind of a flamethrower improvised <laughs> flamethrower situation? Well, I turned off. I can only see myself. I turned off the. I turned off your video because it was helping my internet. <laughs> you can't see it, Walter. Walter turned his camera. Off. God damn it! Uh, I think okay. if you click on the name, maybe you can get it there, Walter. Walter, this is the coolest thing. I feel so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, you need to take a picture and send it to Walter at some point I after the recording. This is like the coolest thing. I and will. I mean, like, I would for like, I'm not, I'm not going to give you, uh, I'm not going to say you should have done this, but like, I would have like foregone a paycheck to get that into my house. Like, I would have been, like, you don't need to pay me this week. You gave me this prop. Well, Goodbye. if you go out and buy the collectors edition, like this kind of this, like they they were really generous. They gave each dev who worked on the game the collectors edition okay. of the game, and it comes with this. That's crazy. If you're listening to this right now and you can buy a collectors edition, I'm my wife will get so mad. But I'm gonna like listen. That's something you mount over your fireplace. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and so, and these, and, and they, they, a lot of the ads, uh, you know. A thing with the Far Cry, the, the weapons, because you're okay. So basically, this island, which is fictionalized Cuba, has been mm-hmm. taken over by a dictator. Um, fictionalized dictator, yeah, who is played <laughs> by you know, uh, Giancarlo Esposito. And um, you're basically like a guerrilla, you know, and, mm-hmm. and and you're trying to get they're trying to get a revolution going among a group of guerrillas, and he, of course, he's got the military. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's all about making one person fight like an army of a hundred, you know, yeah. and okay, and my video you meet this guy named video. Juan and he basically helps you reconstruct these weapons, uh, out of whatever, like there's a, you might've seen the ad for the, um, the CD player gun. Yeah. There's like, uh, uh, there's a, uh, an automatic. I guess they're taking that. 
That's a bit of a page out Damn, of New Dawn. Because right? right? New Dawn was all about the improvised weapons. So yeah. I guess like, like whoever, whoever was so they working took on that. And they cranked it to like an 11. Yeah. And you get these backpacks that, that come with these, these guns. Yeah, Walter wants to see it again, Dan. Oh, you gotta, you gotta can, are you there? Again. You can you see? The cameras on. <laughs> oh, hold on, hold on. It's so cool, dude. Yeah, <laughs> it's wild. Walter, can you see it? Holy shit. Oh, okay, that worth no? it. Uh, buddy. No, buddy. <laughs> this is a great audio. So, That's, so improvised yeah. weapons. Get that with the edition? Yeah, okay. Just hold it up, and then eventually you're, Walter will. Yeah, way worth it. Yeah. <laughs> My uh, my physiotherapist was over this morning, so my yeah. my physiotherapist came over, and she's this uh, this, <laughs> this this cute little blonde um, uh, who like a- after putting me through excruciating amount of pain, she just points over to this thing. <laughs> on my, it's like, on hey, my hey, hey Dan, what's that? Are you yeah. uh, are you like I'm. I'm a physiotherapist, not a therapist. But if you built that, do you need a therapist? <laughs> you know, like this is far outside of my area of expertise. But if you built that I and are intending on you tried, <laughs> I talked to them. This podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. No, it's not. But like, <laughs> I just wait. I, I wish I took a picture because she animal. she took it. She held it. I wish I had taken a photo because she was so little and this thing was just fucking huge. That's amazing. That yeah. looks super cool. No, no, we haven't. Yeah, oh. yeah. Far, 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 far cries. All. That, I think that that's actually a real like brand differentiator over most games. Is like Far Cry is like the animals always go like buck wild. That was actually animals. Yeah, then you just get animal interaction is what like hooked me into the series in the first place. Way back in Far Cry 2, mm-hmm. which I was like had a sniper rifle. I was like scouting out a camp. No, I didn't get mauled. I was like scouting out a camp and had to like retrieve a document or whatever. And like this tiger just wanders in out of the, like the savanna into the camp. Shit goes crazy. Like all the all the like the NPCs or whatever just freak out about this tiger. I guess at some point like gasoline knocks over, catches on fire, everything burns down, and then I just like walk. I just like walked in and like took the documents. Like that's not part of the game. That's not a scripted scene. That's just like NPC tiger. Wandered into wandered into like NDC, NPC military camp, and then I was just like sitting there, just like looking through my scope. I was like, I'm just gonna let this play out. Yep. And then I literally like everybody was dead or on fire. I like walked in, took the documents, and walked out. And I was like, that was one of the single best like video game experiences I've ever had. Because instead of doing this whole like infiltrate the camp, just a tiger came in, fucked shit up. Everybody freaked out. Yeah. Knocked over some gasoline, burnt down everything. Everybody's dead. And I'll just take these documents and turn them in. Like, <laughs> turn in the mission. Like I was like, thanks. Yeah. Game. And I was like, and those animal moments have always been almost every time you play through a Far Cry, there'll be like a random interaction with animals that is like nuts. Yeah. Like I remember one of the other ones too. You're just like just driving around or whatever else like that. And all of a sudden, like a rhino just blasts into your Jeep. And you're like, well, now I have to deal with this. Like I was yeah. just going to drop off this information, but now yeah. a rhino just knocked my Jeep into a ravine or whatever it is that is also you're like you said it is also a part of the, the far cry magic like yeah that is definitely one thing that they're famous for too or just once once the game the gameplay systems start interacting with each other like yeah. it's chaos so what, what's the coolest animal in far cry 6 uh, i want to say it's uh chicharron oh 
and Maine. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's a um, he was a rooster um, who used to be a like uh, a cockfighter, um, like a cockfighting champion. But then, yeah. But then he got the taste of soldado blood, and uh, oh. and now it's all he can. It's like. Wow. We call him the uh, the punk rock fighting cock because it's like he nice. is the most badass rooster, and you follow him into battle. And in right. many ways, you almost become as bloodthirsty as he does along the way. Like I remember, um, yeah, those. I, so I was writing, you know, a little biased, but because I was writing the missions with Chicharron, and um, <laughs> and I wanted each mission, I wanted the, the player to almost feel like they were becoming a little bit more insane with each. They have that Alice in Chains <laughs> song in the game. I mean, I feel each time you're following a rooster into battle, you are becoming more insane. If that's where your life has taken you, yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> so. Nice. <laughs> they rooster ain't gonna die, to snuff the rooster. Yeah, very much a problem. I remember that there was like one of the legendary animals, and I want to say four was a honey badger, and it was like just an absolute <laughs> like it was like a difficult, yeah, it was a difficult fight to like deal with the honey badger because <laughs> the honey badger did not get. Yeah, a bit of, yeah. No, uh, well, no, really, I'm really um, apologies about the quality. My Walter, do you want to hit up five questions? Anything else you want to? I'm gonna turn off the video again so we could get through the five questions here. Not a single damn it. All right. I'll run through the questions. I have no reason to think Walter has memorized because he's not even, he's retired. He's retired. Yeah. <laughs> they don't pay me to remember these questions. Uh, all right. So, Dan, so every episode we ask uh, the same three questions to every guest. Mm -hmm. The fourth question is from our previous guest to you, not knowing it would be you. And the fifth question is, what question would you like to ask our next guest? So you have that in the back of your head, I okay. guess, the, the whole way through. Uh, question number one, and, and, and they're all over the map, so uh, it's yeah. great. Um, what do your thoughts sound like, Dan Bingham? Uh, lately, I think they sound like something that I believe is called uh, tinnitus. Oh, just ringing. <laughs> <laughs> just, oh, just maybe those aren't my thoughts. Ringing. Maybe those aren't my thoughts. Maybe that's a, a legitimate. Maybe ear that's problem. tinnitus, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a high-pitched squeal. That's wow. Kind of constant. <laughs> uh, anyone else? Is that what their thoughts sound like? No, I could. I, I can imagine. I mean, you said that like the writing was was done over a year ago, and you're already onto like writing another one. But like, do you ever find that you're like, especially in if you're writing a character or whatever, do you start trying to like think in the character voice totally, or, or whatever have you? So it's like, you're like, those are not really my thoughts. This is a character's thoughts that I'm. Yep. I do whatever out. I can to get myself in the headspace of the character. I'll listen to music. I'll do, you know, I'll, I'll imagine myself being in that environment. And often the best lines, um, uh, well, some of the best writing that I'm able to do is when I literally just go for a walk mm -hmm. and just kind of start talking as if I'm that character in that situation. Cool. Um, yeah. Very cool. Uh, question number two, what was your favorite thing to eat as a child? And uh, could be a meal, could be a snack, could be candy, could be whatever, just like a... Sp spaghetti with meat sauce. Spaghetti and meat sauce. Yeah. 
that's a A plus. Was it? Was it like um, so? Every restaurant, any, any restaurant I was taken to as a kid, like every time we went to any restaurant, I didn't care what type of restaurant it was. Spaghetti sauce à la viande. Mais oui. <laughs> that's, that's that's the. My way. brother was the same way. Like inevitably, that was, it was <laughs> spaghetti sauce à la viande. Was all oh, my brother was a bit of a picky eater, but like. Were you a picky eater or was it you? No, just like, no, I wasn't. Best? But that was you were just like you're like this is just clearly the best thing on the menu. Obviously, yeah. no, fuck yeah. it, yeah, regular bread is fine. <laughs> and when I was a kid too, just if it came with some bread, some butter, and a glass a of garlic milk. Bread? Back then, it didn't even have to be garlic bread. Um, <laughs> but now I'll tell you. And so you know, in the first week after my surgery, like it is hell. Like I was in hell. So it's like I'm on a lot of pain medication, but there, you still feel really messed up. You're still really weak. You can't really walk around. And uh, a buddy of mine just hooked me up with a bunch of containers of uh, meat sauce that he had frozen. Um, you know, uh, my girlfriend brought over a bunch of garlic bread and still, I guess, still to this day, it was like the most comforting meal I had. It was pure, like pure comfort food. And garlic bread with some like mozzarella that, cheese yeah. thrown on it. Mm-hmm. That's the way to your heart. Of that's the way to your heart, sauce. Dan. I mean, like, Amazing. Are we talking about that? Do you uh, like do you like just the meat meat sauce, or do you like like a? Bowl of meat? <laughs> like, uh, well, you're gonna get Wally's special sauce. Juice and carrots and celery and shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got you, Dan. Like a bolognese. Yeah. Like what kind of meat? You like? Are they like veal or the ground beef? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, 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 just putting it together as we speak. Right now, is um, of course. What's that? Just ground beef. Good question. I'm just going to make a. Um, Sometimes you, 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 beef I, is I usually fine. Turkey these days, ground turkey. You know, it's usually fine. Yeah, it's just ground beef. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the whole thing. Interesting. I've used that. I've used that. I'll try it. Oh, to well, me too, it, actually. Yeah. yeah, me too. In fact, in fact, it's like I'm kind of allergic to red meat because of I that. I hear you, Dan. So this has been like a kind of a treat. Turkey it is. In fact, turkey. most of the time I, I don't, I avoid meat entirely. Um, but you're like, screw it. I have a, I just had hip replacement. I'm like going to eat what I want. It was comfort. Like I, I woke up, I came out of a nap and, and there was a bag of Doritos and I, I was never more excited to have a bag of Doritos in the house. It was like all comfort foods, man. It was, uh, that's yeah. great. Clearly you're surrounded by yourself by people who love and care about you since I give you, you're like, if, if you had been a piece of shit your entire life, you would have woken up to nothing, but everybody cared about you so much <laughs> that you had all these comfort foods surrounded you. You're like, you're like, I, I've done something here. I've surrounded myself by people who are surrounding me with my favorite things. This is evidence that I've lived a good life. I think that's a great, I think that's a great, that's a great idea for a video game. <laughs> It's like, yeah, you got to go, you know, you go around and if you, if you, if you did the right thing by these NPCs, if you help them with their, with their stuff and, you know, they'll all be there at the end to give you all the good food after yeah, you yeah. get a replacement surgery. I, I, I think there was a game that had a similar mechanism in it, which was like on the way to the last boss like whoever you helped like showed up to give you stuff that would help. And if you help nobody, it's just like a walk down a corridor and no one shows up and you're like, yeah. well, <laughs> you know, yeah, like- a couple of games have done that. I know horizon zero dawn, 
uh, did that. Um, like if you helped out, if you helped out certain people, they will, they will be there in the final fight with you. Yeah. Um, just showing up, showing up to help out. That kind of, I love that stuff. Like that's, that's my favorite. Those are my favorite kind of games where it's like, you know, the things that you do matter and, and, uh, and affect the outcome in the end. I I love it when it's not evident either. Like like I'm always like, it's, I know it's so hard to pull off, but like, like one of, one of my favorite game and game series is like Bioshock. And as much as I love Bioshock to pieces, it's very like, do you help the little girl or do you harvest her for power? And I was like, uh, those are two, like, there's a clear path of like good guy, bad guy here. Like, I love when it's um, like there is, uh, what was the game? Ah, I'm blanking on it. Detroit Become Human. There we go. Yeah. Like in Detroit Become Human, it's not always obvious. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, where yeah. you're just sort of like, you're like, make the call. And you're like, I I don't know like you know like i don't know what, yeah you're like i don't know what to do in this situation which those ones are i always way more interesting than like choose the good path or the evil path and you're just sort of like or like this is like you're like two people are in trouble help someone yeah <laughs> you know and you're yeah. like uh did you ever play the witcher 3 i i never got into it but i know there's a ton of that in the yeah witcher 3. that to me that's one of my favorite games of all time and that we yeah. we, we tried like as much as we, that very much inspired as, as, uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And we tried mm-hmm. to like make your choices as kind of hard to make as possible. Yeah. You know, I, or... I, rem- <laughs> I marathoned like the nearly at least the back third, if not the back half of heavy rain <laughs> mm. in one day. Really? <laughs> and I had like dinner, a dinner date with my wife, like set aside that evening. And she's like, you're like you're super weird at super distance. I'm like I've seen some shit. <laughs> like, like like you're like you like you bump into it and there's like you have to decide to like shoot a homeless guy who you know did nothing wrong but is just trying to like make a buck. But he has your daughter and he's like you're like oh what am I doing? And it was just like Sarah's like you're in such a bad mood today. And I was like yeah I did the the last eight hours of heavy rain were not something I really should have just like plowed through in a day yeah, maybe not <laughs> that was not like that was not good like pre-date yeah, <laughs> like mind space things like now let's go and have a romantic i was like i can't yeah i can't i can't think about this right now i did some shit yeah um, <laughs> our grandparents went to war you just played heavy rain yeah calm, calm down yeah try shooting a nazi and then going on a date <laughs> Uh, All right. Dan, question number three: What is yeah. the best and or fox worst hair. Best thing? Best silver fox hair. Up? Silver fox. Silver fox. Um, hip replacement surgery. That's the worst. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> I was gonna say Dan. Dan is is living the dream though of like not losing his hair and just just going going silver fox. That's yeah. like I think I think anyone with a full head of hair is that's what we want. Like Walter and I both both still have our hair intact, and like I would much rather yeah. silver fox root than than losing any of it. I guess because that yeah, I, like I, I, I initially knew I, I don't love I don't love that it went gray so early, like Steve Martin. Yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I, I was still a bit of salt and pepper. Mm-hmm. Um, but over the last like 10 years or so, it just, it's gone like almost completely gray. 
I think, but if, but if you had to, if you had the choice box to check off of like going gray early, but keeping the hair, I would like every time I'd hundred percent like, like, like every, I'd be like, ah, eh, it's a bummer. 100%. I have like white hair or whatever in my twenties, but yeah. like, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> Just if I have a whole head of hair. It's yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everything's coming up, Dan. Um, Sam Fairbrother, who uh, did not win his riding, well, he vote for uh, was, He was the green representative of the nation NDG because Walter voted for the astronaut. Period. He said there was no way he wasn't voting for the astronaut. <laughs> uh, but yeah, green Party representative Sam Fairbrother wanted to know uh, in any medium. So he was like, it could be, could be book, could be film, could be music, could be whatever. But he's like. What like cult hit would you recommend? So like something that's like a like a like I said, either cult movie, See, cult book, like, like uh, something that's like a cult following. Oh boy. Hmm. Uh, like a Clockwork Orange quickly springs to mind. Wow. Walter, you could answer this. Come on. What cult hit? Yeah. Oh, that doesn't count as anything. Well, Dan, he's talking, like, figure it out. He's talking about like the insane. Uh, the insane trauma. Father's Day? Oh, my God. No. Nobody even talks about that. <laughs> Garbage Day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a deep, deep cut. God, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. I'm like, you know, um, I mean, I, like, I'm actually reading Dune right now because um, I know that it, you can't call that really a cult. It's considered one of the greatest sci-fi books ever written or, you know, I've been, I've been meaning to read like, well, reread. I read it way well, back you know, in high school, but I was like, I've been meaning to reread Dune since they like announced the movie. And I'm like, well, now it comes out next week and I'm not about to read like a thousand pages of Dune. I've been cramming. <laughs> I've been cramming it. It's uh, it's <laughs> crazy. Like, and I'm close. I've, I've only got like a hundred pages left. But of Dune, yeah, right. Like I had never read it. It was one of those things. It's like I had never read it. Um, I'd seen the movie, the eighties. You know, just not hated it. (laughs) Hated it. Um, It's like at at best the cliff notes of the book too. Like like, at best, like a misinterpreted cliff notes. Like it's like yeah, documentary. Um, But what I would here's what I would recommend for people is Yodorovsky's Dune. Oh, the yeah. documentary about, about the film, that never, the film that never got made <laughs> that that could have been because it mm-hmm. if you watch the documentary, it almost makes you sad yeah, if you watched it, that that you movie didn't exist because yeah. it sounded it, it was it the, may not have been Dune, but it would have been something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, El God. <laughs> El Topo, Magic Mountain. <laughs> I mean, in film school, we we watched a bit of. Uh, I think we Good watched. Stuff. What's the name of that? Yeah, yeah I think. Oh, that, I think Topo. Topo is insane. Well, that yeah, I think that's what we watched. Uh, that's how I. That's, that's what like put him on the map. Uh, yeah. yeah, El Topo Magic Mountain is so. I I only yeah, have like people, yeah. glimpse like like Naked that memory just some like, like bits and phrases. Like know, I remember like the, the weird when they're in the, like the, a lot of like nudity and like silver outfits and stuff like that. Like cool, yeah. Absolutely. So there yeah, we go. There's my, rec- there's my recommendation: to start with Yodorovsky's Dune, and then maybe check out his uh, his his actual films. I, yeah. I don't think a lot of people know about him. 
Yeah, Yorosky's Dune is like I said, absolute great documentary. I think it's pretty easy to find. I would say, yeah. and then and like I said, it, it does make you wish that that movie existed. But at the same time, especially as you're coming off of reading the book, it, it would not have been Dune. No, it would have been Yodorovsky's Dune. Yeah. <laughs> like it would, it would have been. But something. also, it, it also showed because you know they created that Bible, that book. Yeah, yeah. That, that went on to inspire almost every great sci-fi film that ever came out of Hollywood after that. So, mm-hmm. it, in a weird way, that his movie didn't get made, but thirty other famous movies got made. So. Yeah, it still yeah. had like a crazy legacy of a uh, film that never yeah, got made. Yeah. Uh, uh, Walter, what's your what's your change? Double changed. I was gonna say. Yeah, I was gonna say I was gonna swerve it to uh, Chuck Palahniuk's uh, uh, Generation X experimental novel from the early '90s. But, Double swerve. But then I'm like, no, 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 no. It's it's actually the discography of the band Cake. Mm. Yeah, like like not just the singles, like all of their shit. No, no, it's all really good. It's all real good stuff. Oh, oh, interesting. Real good, real good live band. I've seen them like five, six not times. Just, not just going. They're the like my. They're, they're like my fucking fish. You know. I've heard they're it incredibly good stuff. live. Yeah, I've heard the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, they, asked me, they asked me to stop after the third show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I once I once bought a van and followed Cake on tour. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I didn't know what to do when they quit my job, sold my house, and I followed Cake. <laughs> <laughs> Bunch of cake heads. <laughs> what are cake fans called? Yeah. I mean, cake heads. Cupcakes. Cupcakes. Yeah, cupcakes is good. <laughs> uh, and then uh, turning the tables on our future guests without knowing who it will be, uh, what would you like? What question would you like to ask a total stranger? Oh, that's a good question, too. I, that's why I put it at the top so it would be in, percolating in the back. <laughs> Damn. I know. Well, uh, <laughs> I, I'm not good at multitasking. So it's like whatever the next question was erased all thinking of the future question that I'm going to have to invent. Dang. Um, let's see. I mean, yeah. just because I'm all about surgical procedures right now, I'm wondering, uh, have they ever had a surgical procedure and what is like the best slash worst moments of the uh, the whole experience? Best or best and worst moments of it. Okay, uh, yeah, that's good. Have you ever had a surgical procedure? What are the best or worst moments of it? Um, I I teased it earlier. I, I'd say I think he's. I've never yeah. had any you major stitches because you're a snitch. Other than like the, the dental snitch, stuff. That was the closest I had. Yes, yes, I know. Like, I mean, I've, yeah, that's a classic case. I've had stitches, uh, but yeah, I had a, the gout a that I neglected for years, and then it got. Uh, that's right. Got to the I was snitching, so I got local stitching. anesthetic alone wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be put full under, so they gave me the fucking uh, epidural and shit, and uh, and no. No, and I talked so much during the procedure that they, didn't demand like, just like a belt, like they, a belt to just like give me a belt, I'll just bite it. They gave me like extra oxygen just to kind of like, like make me go to sleep and shit. So, so I'd stop talking. Yeah.
No, but it can be like a relative or something. No, I think we'll work it. I mean, I don't know if that's a great question because the answer could just be no. I'm not going to be here for that episode. So I don't care. We'll figure it out. Walter won't even be here. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. I've had to have, I will also add into, because I've had like a, not to say a bunch, but like I've had enough dental work. One of the weirdest. Well, yeah, that that's, that gum grafting counts, I think. Like I've been through that and it's like, it's hell. So I had a, so this is apparently like a rarity. I developed o- almost a weird cavity on one of my front teeth, which is like apparently like not a thing. So there was like a, like a weird like divot in the front of my teeth. And then they had to do this like burn thing and then graft like a false tooth. And that was weird because it was, especially since it was on the front, because again, under local anesthesia, whatever else like that. But because it was in the front, I smelt the burning flesh. Uh, so you, you, like I heard the like, and like smelt burning. And I was like, uh, that's my mouth. <laughs> I was like, oh, what, what's happening really here? Like, yeah. like, like the, you see smoke out of the corner of your eyes and like you smell like cooking and you're like, yeah, because you get a soft little, little mouth. I, I'm sorry. They, they, I didn't have my hip replaced. They just done stuff to my mouth. <laughs> I was telling I was telling Dan in the uh, soft before little the thing, mouth. Uh, Thank you, Doctor. <laughs> when I was like fucking the thing. Uh, back in the day, uh, the show know, is- we got to go to the Ubisoft deal and we met the guys, the boys. We did another podcast with the Ubisoft. The, the guys, the, the, you know, the, the the boys there, and uh, and they hooked us up with the. Yeah, we the, did. We was that the time when we got the oh, games? I'm blanking on his name. The director of Anthro Far Cry 4. 4. Yeah, yeah. So really, I was I was hoping that Dan would be able to keep that up, but I'm not disappointed. You know, at least the guy. Well, I mean, we got you know, the games for three and we'll, for four. But hopefully, oh, we can cool. play with that at some point. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think. It's going to be good or at least the gun, at least the flamethrower. <laughs> <laughs> we're coming over to Dan's house to play with the flamethrower. That's yeah. that's payment alone. Morning, uh, Friday. Uh, yes, so awesome. Friday come on. Uh, do you have anything else to Catherine. anything else to plug? Uh, uh, Dan or Walter? Walter, I know you have a show tomorrow night. Tomorrow night being Friday uh, in podcast thing. world. We'll just go through the uh, Theater St. Catherine website and uh, launching a new really? show on October twenty eighth. Turbo House called Turbo Laughs, and that first one's being headlined by Inez and I, and that's going to be a fun one. And then, and then finally, Turbo Laughs, and yes, and then finally on October 30th, uh, Night Fight Lives, Night Fight Halloween returns, and uh, I might I'll, finally you know, die at co host of the show, and uh, and that's going to be at the, the, the what do you call it there, the, uh, the Cafe Cleopatra. With uh, with uh, featuring Mr. Joey Elias, <laughs> yeah. and my co-host, of course, Leland Beckman, and we'll be doing the whole knife fight experience. And uh, Joey's going to do you know, like a headline set. Nice. At some point, I'm going to have to Leland, explain uh, that, that whole situation to Joey, and I'm sure it's going to be great. I'm meeting him for lunch. Okay. I'm meeting him for lunch tomorrow, so I'm going to run all this by him and see what uh, he's going to do. But it's going to be a good show. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to explain Night Fight to Joey. <laughs> Joey, there's some carry. <laughs> oh, very cool. Hey, Joey, how do you feel about having a bucket of blood dumped on you? <laughs> We're not doing that, Walter. 
Yeah. Uh, Dan, do you have anything else you want to sh- you want to shout out before Worth we go? Not re- I mean, pick up Far Cry Six. <laughs> I will. I will do it. And you may have sold me on the Giant Collector's Edition. My wife will get angry, but I'll be like, it's. I'm gonna try. Here's what I'm gonna try to do. I'm gonna try to turn it into a, like an, some kind of an early anniversary present or something. I'm gonna be like, <laughs> I'm like buy it for me. Yeah. And she's gonna be like, what are you gonna do with what, that? Uh, what console? What, what do you play it on? What do you? Uh... I would be playing it on uh, PS4 Pro. I haven't upgraded to the five yet. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm in the same boat. I don't know how we're ever gonna find one. Yeah, exactly. That's it. I'm I'm not in a huge rush because all of the like everything. From what I've understood, you're like, it's frame rate and loading time, which yeah. I'm like, is not necessarily like altering my experience. Totally. The, the worst. So other than like, and then like other than Demon Souls and I think Returnal. Um, and there's another from one that's coming out too. Like, well, it's not Elden, yet, Elden Ring. Yeah. Elden but Ring. that's going to be on PS4 anyway. So. Um, but I, I've, from what I've heard though, they're, they're like, that's a like. Like that—that's a like early PS4 to PS3 thing where you're like, they're like, everyone's like, no, that's not going to be a PS4 game. Like, it's going to be out on PS4, but that's not where to play it. <laughs> like, yeah. So, I can't imagine. I can only imagine the From Software stuff. Like, if the, if they're developing for the five and then like reversing it to a four, I'm like, the four is going to be. It's going to be a, uh, what do you call it? Uh, a cyberpunk situation. Oh, where God. Like, <laughs> where they're like, oh, actually, it's not really that playable on the PS4. Mm. Our bad. I hope not. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so thanks so much, Dan. Hey there, loyal listener who listens to the show all the way past the closing credits. Um... Thank you for listening to Go Plug Yourself. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, If you enjoy the show, I cannot stress this enough. Please tell people about it. We don't really have a budget for marketing or fancy Facebook ads or putting up billboards on the street. Uh, We really have to rely on word of mouth, which uh, basically means that if you listen to the show and you enjoy the show, please uh, share it, link it, uh, tell your friends about it. Say, hey, there's this show called Go Plug Yourself. They talk to Montrealers or people that have stuff going on in Montreal or uh, just people that have stuff to uh, promote that we kind of care about. We can we can go outside of Montreal if we want to. Um, yeah, so just tell tell people about the show. It's a, it's a fun show. We, we like doing it a lot. We've done it for over 200 episodes and it's in large part thanks to support from uh, people like you. Um, if you want to support the show at all, you can go to uh, patreon.com slash 9to5cc and uh, throw a couple bucks our way. It really helps with uh, the hosting fees for the most part. We're really not trying to make a profit on this. Um, and also, if you want to be a guest on the show or you know someone who might uh, want to be a guest on the show, you can uh, contact us either on Facebook or on Twitter. There's a bunch of ways to find us uh, and uh, and let us know. And if the scheduling and the timing and everything works out, maybe you can be the next person who uh, comes on the show and uh, plugs something. A uh, big thank you, as always, to Leland Beckman and Oral Turpitude who provided our theme songs and of course a thank you to uh, all of the hosts that we have on the show uh, Walter J. Ling who is technically retired but still sometimes hosts uh, Christopher Vendito, Lawrence Korber and uh, Ines Anaya uh, all, are all amazing co-hosts and you should support them and their comedy and uh, and all of that. Uh, thank you for listening thank you for choosing Go Plug Yourself uh, as one of your from the millions of podcasts and have a beautiful day Thank you. 905.cc, podcasts, blogs, and comics, made in Montreal since 2011.